you know, when you're, when you're a Christian, you have a lot of excitement in your life. There's a lot of things that happen that don't happen to normal people. And uh, we're not normal. That's what I keep seeing the more I talk to you guys and hear your stories, especially Dennis. <laughs> he says amen. <laughs> okay, I want us to open up to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 14. So those who are uh, following with the Bible plan, you guys notice that we started the New Testament again for the second time. I think this year it's going to be three and a half times. Two and a half, two and a half, not three and a half. Maybe we'll squeeze in three in there, I don't know, we'll see. We'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Anyway, so the book of Ezekiel, if you're there, say, say I'm there. If you're not there, say I'm not there. Sinners. 14. Sinners. No Sheldon this year at Kids Camp. Sorry to disappoint you guys. Sheldon got married and got a daughter. So he had to get rid of his retainer. Okay, book of Ezekiel chapter 14 uh, from verse 12. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it, and I will cut off its supply of bread and send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. Shirei apart. Uh, I mean, right away, we see that uh, this is a very familiar situation with the people of Israel. They've uh, began to rebel against God again. They've began to do their own plans and, and do the things that they want. And God says, because of their persistent unfaithfulness, He's going to stretch out His hand against them. So pretty much because of their persistent unfaithfulness, He's going he's gonna to cut them off. He's going to stop blessing them. He's going to stop being their God, because of their persistent unfaithfulness. And it says, even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it. And if, if you read a little bit further, it says their names three more times. So a total of four times it says Israel's doing this. And if Noah, Daniel, or Job were here, they would be the only ones saved. And if we think about the lives of these three men, these are three uh, great examples of faithfulness to God. These are three great examples of of, of people that were mocked, of people that were made fun of, of people that were constantly dragged down and they stayed faithful to God and they stayed true and they said, no, I know the God I'm serving and I'm going to continue to serve Him. You know, Noah, when he was building the ark, this was a time before, you know, we live in Seattle, so we see rain every other hour, you know, but this is a time where it's never rained before and you have this crazy, probably bearded guy who's, you know, who's old, he's like, in his hundreds, and God's like, build a boat. And he starts building a boat, and it takes him a hundred years to build a boat. And he's saying, the rain's going to come, the rain's going to come. And everybody's like, what is rain? You're making something up, what is rain? He's like, I know God spoke to me, I'm going to continue to do this. And then the flood comes, all the wickedness in the earth dies off. He and his family are saved because of his faithfulness, and because he listened to God. Daniel Similar situation, Israel is taken as, as captives into Babylon. 
all the Israelites are forced to, to do the things that the Babylonians do. And then Daniel says, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Um, I serve a God and he doesn't change when we move to Babylon. So he continues to serve them. They say, you're not allowed to pray to this God anymore. And so what does he do? He opens up his window and starts praying right in front of his window so that everybody can see that he's praying. He's constantly mocked by, by, by various kings, by, by the people. He's mocked. They throw him into a lion's den. He survives that. He, and he stays faithful. He stays faithful to God. Job, Satan decides to uh, mess with him a little bit. And God says, I know he's going to be faithful to me, so, so go ahead, do with him. So he gets everything taken away from him. All his kids die. He loses all his riches. He loses his high position in the land at that time. He loses everything, and even his wife begins to turn against him and say, just curse God and die. And he says, I know my Redeemer lives. And he says, you know, I came into this earth with nothing, and I'll go with nothing. I'm gonna, I know who God is, and I'm going to continue to believe in him, and I'm going to stay faithful to him. And we, see, and we, and we know the story, the 30-plus the, the chapters of the back and forth and the back and forth, and, and in the end, God humbles him. And he becomes even more blessed than he was before everything was taken. So these three men are a great example of, of faithfulness to us as, as, as we read their stories. And, and it's interesting that God is speaking to Ezekiel and he's saying the reason that he is going against the people of Israel is because of their persistent unfaithfulness. And then he brings in these three examples of faithfulness. And... You know, there's, there isn't a law in Exodus that, say, that says, you know, you must not be faithful to me. Or, and there isn't a commandment that says, you know, you have to be faithful to God. And so, naturally, we don't think that it's a sin. We just think that, well, it's like a state of mind that people get to. Be, but if, if we read this scripture here, this is a big offense against God is when you're unfaithful to Him. And we're going to dig into this word a little bit later, but... In the next chapter, in, in uh, verse 8, it says, Thus I will make the land desolate, because they have persisted in unfaithfulness, says the Lord. And then in, in chapter 18, verse 9, he, he talks about, God talks about Israel again, and he says, If he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments faithfully, he is just and he shall surely live. So there's that word again. He's saying they're unfaithful, and if only they would come back and if only they would become faithful to him they, they would live again and they would be blessed again L later on in that same chapter it says when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and does according to the abominations that the wicked men do should he live all the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty so it's the same word, because of, because of your unfaithfulness. Say, say if tomorrow you turn away from God and you become unfaithful, everything that you've done yesterday doesn't matter anymore. Everything that you've done in the past, all the years that you've served God, all the years that you've been in ministry, all the years that you've been a pastor, doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't count for anything anymore because you became unfaithful to God. And because of that, everything gets canceled out that you've done, all the good that you've done. This is pretty harsh this is pretty difficult word and 
in, in chapter 20, same thing. It says, speak to the house of Israel and say to them, in this too your fathers have blasphemed me by becoming unfaithful to me. So now becoming unfaithful is, is blaspheming, blaspheming God. And then as we read through these chapters of Ezekiel, God keeps saying the same things about Israel. And then he starts talking about uh, uh, Tyre and, and, and Egypt and all these other cities that are also going to be destroyed because they're going against God. And then, and then in, in, in chapter 39, it's like he gives us a, a glimpse of hope. In chapter 39, verse 25, he says, Now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. And I will be jealous for my holy name. After they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me. When they dwelt safely in their own land. And no one made them afraid. So now he, he, he says, okay, I'll take them back because, because they, they went through that shame process. Because they went through that repentance and, and repenting for their unfaithfulness to God. And because of that specific repentance, of that specific thing, He's going to take them back. And it's, it's interesting how it's worded. It says their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me. That's a lot of unfaithfulness in one sentence. That's a lot of unfaithfulness. And we live here in, in you know, first world country first country world, first world country we live here. You know, everything's good. We have clean water. We have food in our fridges. We have clothes on our backs. We don't even think about stuff like this very often. More often we're thinking about, okay, today I have to meet with these clients. Today I have to do this. Today I have to do this. And, you know, before we even do all that, we pray in the morning. We, you know, we read the Word. We, we, we connect with God. You know, we, some of us have breakfast, you know, and do, and do these things in the morning, have this routine, I don't have a routine in the morning, but people do this and then go off, to, you know, work, do the work, 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 come home tired, eat dinner. If you have a chance to talk, you talk about something and then you have to, you run, you have to do something else. You have to get to church, you have to get to one of your parents' house and you have to do something. And we don't think about stuff like this very often about, hey, am I faithful to God? Hey, am I... Am I actually faithful? What does that even mean? Does that just mean I go to church every week? Is that being faithful? Is that, is, that, is that really the sin that Israel was committing here is they just weren't going to church every week? Or, or is there something more and, and, and is there something deeper and, and, and more intense in, in this word than what we usually you know, put into it? The, the Bible tells us that God Himself, He's uh, faithful. That's one of His names. That's one of His uh, attributes. That's one of His characteristics is He is faithful. It says, it says I believe in, um, in 2 Timothy, it says, even when we are faithless, He remains faithful because that's who He is. So even when we're faithless towards Him, even when we, when we spit in His face, even when we reject Him, even when we turn away from Him, he remains faithful to us. And, and, and like we just read in that word, if we repent for that unfaithfulness, He'll always take us back because that's, that's the faithfulness that He has in Him. And at the same time, if we don't repent, He's not going to take us back. He's also faithful in that sense because that's God's character. 
As you know, he's holy, and, and, and there's only one way you can approach him, and that's with humility. There's no other way you can approach him, so he's faithful in that as well. And in Revelations, we just read a few days ago, it says when Jesus came down on the white horse from heaven, it says he was called faithful and true. It says those are the two names that he was given. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of words God could have chosen. You know, if we, if we listen to the sermons of most American churches, you would think when, when Jesus came down, his name was love and kindness. And, but, but what's interesting is, is the book of Revelations tells us that it was faithful and true. Those two things. And, 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 and like we just heard from the testimonies, you know, when it comes to being you know, true, the truth, there's only one truth. There's only one absolute truth, and that's Jesus himself. And that's why I believe he bore that name. And the other name is faithful. It's faithful. Out of all words, God chose the name faithful for his son. So, so we can see that God himself, he's faithful. He's, that, that's who he is. And, and, and if we remember from that verse on the, on the Sermon of, on the Mount, I believe it's at the end of chapter 5, uh, Jesus says, Be holy as I am holy. So it's like he raises that bar. He says, okay, so do you see me the way I am? Okay, imitate that. Be, be what I am. And if God is faithful, that means we have to be faithful. Every attribute of God, that's what we have to strive for. His, his, his compassion, his, his faithfulness, his, his boldness, his strength, those are all things that we have to strive for. And if it's difficult, we can't just lower the bar in one of those things. We have to realize that, hey, we're not reaching it. We've got we to put some more work in. Jesus spoke of a lot of parables, and uh, a lot of them we hear very often in, 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 in the church. We hear the parable of the, the talents where, where there were three people. One was given five talents, one was given two talents, and one was given one from, from their master. And, and they were supposed to invest that, that money and, and bring an income and or bring fruit with, with what they were give, given. And when the master comes back, he goes up to the first one that he gave five talents to, and the guy says, I took your five talents, and, and I doubled it. I doubled it, and I have ten talents for you. And God says, good and faithful servant. Then he comes to the second one, who was only given two, just less than the guy that was given five. And he said, Master, I took the two that you gave me, and I doubled them, and here's four. And, 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 and the master answered, you did good, but not as good as the guy that got five talents. No, what's interesting is he gave him the same exact answer. He said, good and faithful servant. So, right away, before even reading on the rest of this parable, we can see that it doesn't matter what you were given. And it doesn't matter what talents you have. It doesn't matter what you're capable of doing. It means... God still wants you to do something in His kingdom. And it might not necessarily mean that you'll be on stage leading worship, but maybe you'll be you know, coming to every single prayer, every single week, and that's your, that's your talent that you're, that you're investing in, in, in the kingdom of God, and, and you're praying. You know, that's, that's what my mom does, honestly. She doesn't serve much in the church, but... She's here every single Monday, and it's years. And I, I, can actually, I can count on my hands the times that she's missed prayer. And she, from what I remember, she missed it twice since, since I came to church. That was 
six and a half years ago that I came to church. She's missed it twice. To be conservative, I'll say, okay, three times maybe. Just to be safe. Maybe four. But now we're getting a little bit overboard. That's a, I don't know, me growing up and seeing that picture and then seeing her, even before I came to church, seeing her every day go into her room in the evening after she'd come home from work, after she was exhausted, she would just go to her room and she would just start praying. And, you know, and seeing that every single day, just constantly, you know, and she's doing this faithfully every single day. And honestly, I believe that's, that's why I'm here today. I, I heard that from God himself. I know that's why I'm here. And seeing that picture of, of, of faithfulness, it really, uh, it really helped me to, to, to grasp it when I became a Christian myself. And in this parable, God is saying, it doesn't matter whether you're five or two or one, I'm expecting a result from you. I'm expecting something from you. So he goes to the guy that had five and he did good. The guy that got two talents and he did good. Then he goes to the guy that got one talent. And the guy says, I I took the talent and I was really scared of losing it. So I dug it in the ground. And then right before you got here, I got it back out of the ground. I know it still has a little bit of dirt on it, but here, this is what you gave me. Here you go. And God says, you wicked and lazy servant. Now, what's interesting is, is, is the, the master in this case, he got exactly what he gave. So he didn't really lose anything. There, 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 was, there, was, there, wasn't any, any, uh, there weren't any expenses in this case. He got what he gave to the guy. So he didn't lose anything, but, but he was still angry at the guy. He was still angry because he knew that that talent, that, that, that coin or, or whatever it is, it had a purpose. It had a purpose, and that purpose wasn't fulfilled. And because of that, he says, you lazy and wicked servant. That's one parable where, where it specifically talks about faithfulness. It talks about the, the, the talents or the gifts that you're given and being faithful with those and, and using them to, to, to bring a fruit into the kingdom of God. And then in, in, uh, in Luke chapter 16... It talks about, Jesus talks about money, talks about money, and then he says this phrase, he says, he who is faithful in what is least is, faith, is faithful also in much. So, so he says, that's in a, um, Luke 16.10, if you're, if you're writing it down. So he's saying, if you're faithful in, in, in the little things of your life, then as a, as a rule of thumb, you'll be faithful in bigger things in your life. And then, and then he finishes that phrase. He says, if you're not faithful in little things, then you're not going to be faithful in big things. So you can't be trusted with big things. You know, we, um, you know I have a lot of dreams for, for, for our youth, for, for our church. I have a lot of dreams that I'm, I'm constantly thinking about. Sometimes I don't even think about it. Like even, even this week, I... One morning, I, I, I wake up, and, and, and this dream just keeps... You know, I didn't wake up like in a cold sweat. I didn't, I didn't wake up... I just, I just woke up like I do every single morning, but this dream, it just stuck in my mind all day, and it's, it's still there. And I remember we were on a mission trip somewhere, and, and, and people came out to the front, and, 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 and we're praying for them. 
and I'm praying for this one guy, and I'm looking him in the eyes, and he's not looking me back, and he's not looking me in the eyes back, and I'm like, I know exactly what this means. And, I, and I'm praying for this, and I keep staring at him, and at one moment, he looks me in the eyes, and I see freaky eyes. And so right there, I'm praying. And, 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 and what's crazy is because I, I can imagine if that happened in real life, I would probably start to panic a little bit. But, but, but in, in the dream, I, I saw it, and, and, and it's like Andre said, like, I was waiting for this moment. Give me the crazy eyes. Let's go. <laughs> and, 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 and just casually, I call over. I, I, remember, I remember I said, Zima, Zima, come here. And then I remember Dennis and Andre, and we were all there. And we just start praying for the guy, and, 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 and he just starts freaking out. And, and, and we're praying, and we're praying, and we're praying. And then there's a whole scene of, of details I'm not going to get into. And then... And then we're done praying with this guy, and, and he's calm. And he's calm. And then, and then everyone else go, goes, goes about praying, praying for the people that were praying. And, and, I, and I continue to pray for this guy. And he looks me in the eyes again, and it's the same exact look. And I'm like, guys, we're not done yet. And, 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 and the thing that, that I remember more than anything is we were doing this so casually. As if we're used to this, and, and we're not even afraid of this, and, and we're ready for this, and we're armed and, and we're prepared to deal with these things. That's the, that's the thing I remembered more than anything. And I remember I woke up and, and it's been three, four days now and it's just that picture. And, you know, dreams like that, I, I can't say that, you know, oh, this was a dream for God. I know for sure this will happen. I, I don't know. But I know that because I'm in the Word, because I'm in God's will, that I have those kinds of dreams. And, and, and I know that God has plans like that for, 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 for my life and for our youth. I know that stuff like that will happen. And then, and then, and then the next day, Xusha has some weird dream of, of we're on a mission trip somewhere again. And, 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 and she says she's standing with Becky and she's inside a house and she's looking out a window and she sees how we're all like praying for people and evangelizing and and doing all these things, and then, she's, and then she's like, all of a sudden, she's like, why am I standing here? I should be out there evangelizing. So she goes out there with, with Becky, and she's evangelizing, and she's, ta- and she's talking to people. And then she says, all of a sudden, I felt, I felt these big hands on, on, on my ribcage and, 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 and Becky, and it's like we started floating up in the air towards heaven. She's like, and then, and then Becky's right next to me, but I can't reach out, and I can't touch her anymore. And, and I'm like, what does that even mean? I'm like, where's Joseph when you need him to interpret these dreams? And then, honestly, and then as I, as I started thinking about it, as I was praying, I was like, wow. So what I got out of this is, is we have a specific amount of time with, with Becky that we have to invest in her life. Because at one point, we're not going to be able to do anything anymore. And, it, and if we set her on the right path, she'll be floating up there next to us. That's, and You know, it's these, it's these, like, it's these little things, but... You know, I, it's these dreams that, that God gives and, and, and He speaks to us. And I'm not just talking about dreams that when you, we go to sleep and we dream. But, you know, it's like, it's like when we started talking about evangelizing in Bothell. I don't know what, what you guys think about evangelizing in Bothell. Some of you guys are like, oh, it'll probably be the same as when we, go, as when we went to Everett and when we went to Seattle. We'll just talk to some people. And some people will be like, hey, I got in this cool argument with this homeless guy. And I don't know. I don't think like that when, when, when I think about evangelizing in Bothell. When, when I, when I was praying for evangelizing in Bothell, so God gave me a specific word that, that, that I don't know if this is for our whole youth. It's like, it's like when you go evangelizing to Bothell, you're going to meet a lot of Christians. And they're going to be Christians who don't know me. 
And there are going to be Christians who are going to need to hear the real gospel. You know, that, that's what I see when, when, when I think about these things. When, I'm sure when, 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 you know, people who have their own, like, I'm sure when Katie thinks about Yogi Bear, she just, doesn't just think of, oh, you know, it's Tuesday again, yay, it's so much fun. No, you know, she's looking much deeper, much, much further than that. And with school clubs, it's the same things with the home groups, I'm sure. And, you know, it's having that, that, that vision that I know that God wants to use these talents that he's given me for something. And, and I don't know exactly what it is. If, it, if it's something big, awesome. If it's something small, I'm going to stay faithful to it. And I'm going to continue to do it. And, and, and maybe, maybe somebody else that, that's in my ministry now, maybe they'll take it even further. Maybe they'll do something greater. Maybe just because of this ministry, one person stayed in the church. And, and it's worth it. All that work I did, it's, it's, it's worth it. So we don't know what God has given us, but, but we know that He has a plan for whatever that is, and, and we have to be faithful with that. In Luke chapter 20, there's another parable about, about the, uh, the minas. Roman, am I pronouncing that right? Minas, okay. Trust the minas touch. Ding. Does anybody remember those Midas commercials? Okay, Roman does. Thank you. Roman, I can always count on you. Just thank you. And now there's a story here. I believe I might have gotten something mixed up. I most likely got something mixed up. Like Dennis, this is what married life do to you, does to you. Anyways, there's a story. It's it's very similar to the to the talent story. It's Yep. I said Luke. It's probably not in Luke. Anyways, it's a very similar story to the talent story. There's, there's a guy and he has hmm? 19. I was one chapter off. I'm a sinner. You know, I did this for the first time in Mexico. Remember when we were in the new church? And I'm like, oh, that, that, that thing, it's, it's for sure in 1 Corinthians 9. And I was so sure that it was in 1 Corinthians 9. And then it ended up being in, in Romans. Okay, it was the other way. See, I'm done. This is why you write things down, and you write them down correctly. Anyways, in Luke chapter 19, from verses 11 through 27, it's the story of these minas. I'm going to say minas because I'm just used to it that way. So it's the same situation. There's a servant, and he has, or there's a master, and there's ten servants, and he gives them one of these minas, minas things. And then it's the same situation. One of them comes and, 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 and he brings him five back. And he says, wow, that's amazing. Now I'm going to put you over five cities because you did that. And then, and then another one comes and he's like, I, I, I brought two. I brought two back. And he's like, okay, I'm going to. No, the first one said ten, then the second one said five. And he's like, okay, I'm going to put you over ten cities. I'm going to put you over five cities. And then same situation. There was a guy and he's like, I, I took that one that you gave me and then I hid it in a handkerchief. And here it is. You know, here. And it's the same situation. It wasn't enough to just hide it. And in this situation, the master even says, take that one and give it to the other guy. So I, I see two principles here. One is the, is the one we already talked about where you have to be faithful in, in the little things for you to be trusted with, with big things by God. The second thing I see is that there's nobody that's not replaceable in God's kingdom. You know, when you're 
doing something for God, when you're in some ministry, I've had these kinds of thoughts in the past where you're thinking, you're like, wow, I am actually irreplaceable. Like, if I would leave church right now, like, there would be a big void here. Like, there would be nobody doing this anymore, nobody doing this anymore, nobody. That's a very prideful thought. You know that? You're thinking about yourself in ministry, and you're like, oh, you know, I know I'm doing this for God, for God. That's a very prideful thought. And that's a thought that, that can give Satan a little seed of pride, that he can put a seed of pride in your heart. And, and I see that thought not working in this case. Because this guy was given one, and then he did nothing with it. And so what does the master do? He takes it, and he's like, okay, the guy that brought me ten back, I know he's faithful. I know he's going to do something with this, so I'll just trust him with this. And, and, and somehow you're seeing a guy who's in charge over ten cities now being able to be in charge of ten cities. Then you have one guy that got one little tiny mino, whatever that is. I like to pretend it's a penny. He got a little penny, and he can't deal with a penny. Well, there's another guy dealing with ten cities at the same time. This reminds me a lot of situations with, with young people. Where you have some young people that are just doing so many things. Sometimes you think about it, you're like, I don't even know how this is possible for you. And then you have another guy that can't even just come every Friday. Just don't, don't even do anything. Just be faithful in that. Just come Every week, whether you feel it or not, just, just come and just sit down. Even if you don't feel it, just keep coming, just keep sitting, and that's it. Don't do anything else. And it's like that little minor or mino, whatever, and you, you can't be faithful with that little thing. Well, at, well, with the same 24 hours in a day, you have other people that are doing crazy things for God. Being faithful with, with what God has given us. You know, when in um I'm gonna risk it again, but I think I got this one. In Galatians chapter five, when it talks about the fruit of the spirit. Look at that. When it talks about the fruit of the spirit, it talks about joy, it talks about goodness, it talks about all these things. And the very last thing is faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Self control. The second to last thing. See, Dennis wouldn't know self control. The second to last thing is faithfulness. Okay, I'm going I'm to be even safer. One of the things listed there is faithfulness. One of the things listed there is, is, is faithfulness. This is God humbling me for being a know-it-all. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. It's something that comes when you're filled with the Spirit. It's one of the things. So if you're lacking faithfulness, you know, when you're a baby Christian, it makes sense. It's okay after being a Christian for years, if you're still lacking faithfulness, that means there's something wrong because that's one of the fruits that the Spirit gives. And it doesn't mean you're always on top, you're always perfect, you're always doing everything right, but, but you can begin to see that characteristic forming in a person. And if it's not forming, that means there's something wrong. If after Three years of people telling you, you know, hey, read the Bible every day, read the Bible. If after three years you're still not reading the Bible every day, there's probably something wrong. There's very, very, very few exceptions to that rule, if ever. But faithfulness is something that comes when you're filled with the Spirit of God. And if it's not there, 
then either A, you're not filled with the Spirit of God, or B, you're not filled with the Spirit of God. It's pretty simple, but there, it has to begin forming. There has to be, there, in, in all these things that are lift, listed in, in joy and in, in peace, there has to be some kind of improvement over time in all of these things. And you know, and we all know people that have strength in, in, in certain things like self-control. We all know Dennis has, his strength is self-control. He can read 10 Bible plans at the same time. Not everybody can do that. So some of us have strengths in some things. Other people you look at and they're, they're always peaceful. There's, there's turmoil, there's craziness, and they're still peaceful. They're, they're, some people are always joy, always joy. Stop with the joy. Stop smiling so much. But it's always there. Why? Because it's their strength. It's something that, that, that they're strong in. And we all have those, but at the same time, we should all have all of these qualities if the Spirit of God is in us to a certain extent. Faithfulness, same thing. Some people, it's like every single week they'll be there. You don't, you don't even think about whether they might be there or not. You know they're going to be there. You know they're going to be there. You don't have any doubts in your mind. You're like... Sunday service, I know this person will be there, and I know he'll be there exactly 23 minutes early. Because that's what he does every single week. You know, there's people like that. (laughs) Dennis, you're just getting bombarded today, I don't know. I, I didn't plan this. So that's one of the attributes, and that's something that we should all have. And There's a lot of different qualities that go into faithfulness i'm not even going to try to go over them right now but 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 a few is is just the basic one consistency you know just being consistent consistent consistency every week every day you know reading your word every day coming to church every week being there for practice on time every week all these things it's it's being constant in, in in the things that's something that shows faithfulness. And when I, when I say faithfulness, it, it doesn't necessarily just have to do with ministry. It doesn't just have to do with, with you know, church and, and, and this. You know, your boss probably treasures faithfulness more than anything else. Somebody who will be faithful to him. And, and there's a line with that when it comes to your work because you have to know where, you know, faithfulness to God is higher than faithfulness to, to your boss. But, you know... Somebody who's a faithful worker, you know, even, you know, even, even where I work, we don't have that many people. There's, you know, I'm called this supervisor position. There's one guy under me. I don't even know why I have this title. But he's not, he's not somebody I can depend on because he, he's missing that trait of faithfulness. He's, he's missing. I can't, I can't say, hey, can you do this? And then not even worry about it again. I have to say, hey, can you do this? And then come back 30 minutes later. Hey, did you start doing that? No? Okay, I'll come back later. Hey, it's been four hours. Did you start it now? Or, you know, at the end of the day, hey, did you get it done? Okay, I'm glad it took you eight, eight hours. I'm glad you got it done. But, man, it took you eight hours. You know, and, and it's, it's the simple trait. It doesn't just have to do with ministry. You know, it has to do in your workplace. It has to do in your family. You know... One, one problem I, I actually have with, with politicians is they will say something for the moment, 
they'll say something, and then in a different situation, in a different moment, they can say something else that completely contradicts what they said. And the problem with that is when, when a person does that, you lose trust. Because it's, it's like the boy who cries wolf, the story. You know, boy who cries wolf, wolf, wolf. Haha, I was just kidding. There's no wolf. And then one time he's crying wolf and there's a wolf about to kill him. And you're like, you're probably just joking like all the other times. And then you find out the next day, oh, little Jimmy wasn't joking. He got eaten by a wolf. Well, whose fault was it? It was Jimmy's fault. That's the same thing. And in our families, that's a big thing. If, if, if you say something to, to, to your spouse or, or, or to your kids and, and you know, you're expecting a result out of that. And if you don't see that faithfulness in them, that's going to cause a lot of problems in your marriage. And if you're not faithful yourself, it's going to cause a lot of problems. And we know that biggest problem in marriages is, is cheating on, on, on your spouse and then divorces. The root of that is just not being faithful. Simple as that. You're just not faithful to the person you agreed to be faithful with. That, that Saturday or whenever you got married, that's, that's all it really is. It's just you're not faithful. So being being dependable almost even that's part of faithfulness being trustworthy being honest these are all things that that they're their own sphere they're, it's its own quality but it all comes back to faithfulness integrity sincerity there's so many more things you know having integrity in when it comes to your marriage when it comes to your ministry that's big you know when you're not just like the pharisees where you know, you like to, to pray out loud on the street corners. But, you know, you find that time at home. Where you're not just reading the Word of God when we're here at church together. You find time for that when you're alone. When maybe nobody sees except God. You know, that's integrity. That's faithfulness before God. To, for, you know, faithfulness to Him. Being able to prioritize. There's, there's so many things I don't... I can't even name everything, but it, it's such a big sphere, and we need it a lot in our lives if we want to do something great in, in, in the kingdom of God and, 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 and have awesome families and, and have awesome jobs and see revival in our schools. That's what we need. I remember last week when Zima showed that video of the guy with the funky glasses. I remember, I'm like, I remember seeing that video a couple of years ago. And I'm like, I remember seeing a lot of other videos a couple of years ago. So today before service, I went on GodTube, and I was, and I was remembering. I'm like, okay, I want. And I remember this one video. I didn't want to play it because it's very dramatic. But, but it's, it's the situation of, of this pastor and his wife, and they pick up a hitchhiker, and they're, and, they're, and they're driving him, and then all of a sudden the hitchhiker gets a gun, and he starts yelling. Some of you might remember the video. He gets a gun, and he starts yelling, you know, Stop the car, get out of the car. He gets the pastor out of the car, says, you know, kneel, turn away from me and kneel down. He put, 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 points the gun at, right to his neck, right at his head. And he's saying, you know, I'm going to give you 10 seconds, and your answer right now is going to decide whether you live or you die. And he says, you know, will you denounce? Or No, 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 the question is, are you ready to die for Christ? 
That was the question the guy asked. And then he counts down from 10. And at the end of the count, the pastor starts screaming out, no, I'm not ready. And, and once the pastor did that, the hitchhiker showed him that the barrel was empty. There was no bullets in the gun. And he says, it's because of people like you that I can't be a believer in Christ. That's the whole point of the video. It's because you're not a real Christian. You don't have a right to preach to me that I should be a Christian. You know, if, if in a moment like that, if we can be faithful to God, then we shouldn't be preaching to anybody else. And even if we're not ready yet, but we know that that's where we want to get. We know that that's, that's the result. And it's like, when, if I ever have to face a moment like that, I'll be ready by then. Because I'm doing everything I can to prepare myself. You know, if you're, if you're not doing that, if you're, if you'll, if you're going to be like that pastor in the video where, you know, as soon as you're faced with a lot of pressure, you bail on Christ. Then you become like Judas. Under the same situation, under a lot of pressure, betrayed Christ for money. Faithfulness to, to, to God. You know, we talked about, you know, your family and, and all these things, but your faithfulness to God has to be above everything. Everything else. Be, if, if you can't be faithful to God, then you can't do anything in His kingdom at all. And you won't be able to. You'll try and you'll keep falling. You'll try to, to be free from a sin and you'll keep falling in it again and again and again unless you develop that faithfulness where it's like, God, I, I, I stuck to this. I said I'm going to be a part of this, of this church. And it doesn't matter if I'm feeling it or not, I'm going to be a part of this church. I had actually a conversation Last Saturday, at a conversation, I was working on our van, and and this and our landlords, they uh, they're a Ukrainian family as well. They go to Harvest Church, so they're, they're Christians. I talked to them; they're they're awesome people. And and this guy, and they also have like a side business. It's uh, they they sell products, anyways. A guy from our church actually comes up to the house. And I'm like working on the van and it's, I don't, forgive me, I don't know what his name is. He's a really tall guy. He doesn't have a, a, a thumb anymore. I don't know what his name is. Uh, Gena? I love that guy. Anyways, he comes and he's like, oh, bratan, ta, 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 ta. You know, like Russian people talk, I don't know. Hmm? Anyways, he goes, he knocks on the door. He, he, he buys a whole bunch of all natural soap or whatever. I don't know what he's doing. Anyways, he buys all these things, and then and then I'm I'm standing there with with the landlord with the guy, and he starts and, and he's talking, and he's like, you know, how he's asking the landlord, how's it going in your church? Uh, you know, I heard you guys combined with with uh, that other church. He's like, how's it going? How's how, how's church? And he's like, do you, do you guys have like 300 people like you used to? And he's like, no, we have about a hundred. And 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 they're like, you know, and he's like, what happened? What happened? He's like. A new church opened up around here. I'm not going to name it. You guys can probably guess. And most of the people from our church went to that church now. And, I, and I'm like, oh, we got the same situation. <laughs> and, 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 and Gianna, he's like, he's like, you know what? He's like, I don't understand these people. He's like, I, when I became a Christian, I started coming to this church. And he's like, and, I, and I've just been going to this church ever since. 
and he had a moment, but he's like, I've been going to this church, and he's like, he's like, I don't get it. If I decided to go to this church, even if something happens and I don't agree with pastor, I don't agree with this church, I already made a decision to go to this church. I'm just going to agree with pastor and just do what this church does because I'm a part of this church. He's like, I don't understand it. He's like, He's like, my sisters are telling me, oh, come to this church, come to this church. He's like, I don't understand you people. You've been to 10 different churches in six years. And, it's, and I'm listening to this guy. I'm like, wow, this guy is amazing. It's, I wasn't expecting it from this guy. And he's like, he's like I decided I'm going to go to this church, and I'm just going to stick with this church no matter what. He's like, I decided that, and I'm just going to be faithful and, and, and stay here. And what's sad is, because I'm on the worship team, I remember every time one of our beloved musicians started falling away, every single time they would lose that this attribute first. They would lose faithfulness first. That's the very first thing. Either something happened and I couldn't depend on them anymore, something happened and, and they were dishonest with me, and then I'm like, well, how can I trust you next time? Or... Or, yeah, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there on time for sure, five minutes before, before prayer starts. Hey, sorry, I forgot to tell you, I'm not going to make it. Five minutes before, and I'm kind of like... And it's, it's this little attribute that was always lost first, I feel like. And then, days go by, weeks go by, months go by, and they're gone. And it's, it's this little lack of, of this attribute, that's what always... It's like this is what their demise was every single time. They just, they had faithfulness, they had it there. And when they had faithfulness to, to ministry, when they were dependable, they were amazing. You could trust on them, you knew they would be there. They, they were in so many things. And then as soon as they lost that faithfulness, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a snowball going down a hill. Snowball effect. Avalanche. And every single time it was this, they were lost their faithfulness and i wouldn't even say they lost they they chose to lose their faithfulness they chose to stop fighting they chose to just say whatever i don't care it's that same thing they 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 stopped and when you do that in ministry it's one thing but when you do that against god himself that's when like in the scripture we read that's when god will cut you away and say you know what if you're unfaithful to me openly and you don't care about me I'm not going to bless you anymore. And that's what we saw over and over again. And it's sad, but this is the way it works. And we can't change that. And we all have the same exact strict rules, every single one of us. And if we ever choose to not be faithful to God, that same situation will happen to us. And all the years that we've been serving don't matter anymore, like we read in, 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 in Ezekiel. And then as we finish, I want to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. I want to read about two of the, of the seven churches that God speaks to. It's uh, chapter 3 and then from verse 1. It says, To the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These things says he who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be faithful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. 
you have a, a, a reputation. You have a name that, that you are alive, but you're dead. It was very interesting as, a, as I remember the scripture. I remembered when me and Andre went to IHOP and Francis Chan was there. So this guy is crazy. This is the first time you're invited to a big conference, a big church. This is the very first time you're invited to an organization with a big name and a big reputation for being alive because they're praying 24-7. And he says this place in Scripture. And he says, don't think that your reputation will save you. And he's not talking to the church as generally. He's talking to every single person that's there. There were about, I think they said 30,000 young people there. It was, it was, it was the, uh, the convention center in, in downtown uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, that's right, in Kansas City, St. Louis is on the other side of Missouri. They rented out the huge convention center, which is literally two blocks big. It's as big as two blocks, and then they have a bridge that connects the two sections so that the cars can drive. It's a huge convention center. They rent out that whole thing, and it's really flat, so it's like they have a lot of rows, and then they have a TV screen. And they have a lot of rows, and they have a TV screen, because if you're sitting in the back, you can't even see the stage almost. I remember me and Andre one time, on the Francis Chan sermon, we got to sit on the front row, where only servants were supposed to sit, and we're like, Andre, we're Russian. We do this all the time, you know? We do this all the time, and, and it's like during worship, everybody comes out to the front, and we're like, okay. While everybody's out to the front, let's jack some seats on the front row of some of the people that went to the front. And we're just sitting there, and it's, you know, it's like all pastor. And then, you know, after worship ends, the worship is about like an hour long there. And then after worship ends, everyone goes back to their seats. And me and Andre just kind of sit there. And we're like, and I'm like, Andre, watch, somebody's going to kick us out. There's no way we're going to get away with this at an American church. There's no way. A Russian church, this would work, not an American church. And we're sitting there, nothing. And then Francis Chan comes out, and he's preaching. And we're like, praise God. Because every time we would sit somewhere in the back, we would be like on the third television screen away from the front, and we're like, we want to be there. It's Francis Chan. This is a big reason of why we decided to come. Cause, and he's there, and he's preaching this message that you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead to a big, big, big church or big organization. It's not even a church, I should say. And, and he preaches this whole message about how you have to be a real Christian. And then... And then there was a prayer after that and, and whatever. And the next morning, Misty Edwards w- was preaching a sermon. And, and, and she's still like, I can't believe Francis Chan said that last night. That was so powerful. She's like, that was so powerful because we have that reputation. And it's so scary that we could end up like that church. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, they got it. It's like they figured out that it's dangerous to be in the position where they're at. And I think they'll be fine. They'll, they're faithful before God. And. And it's like this church, you have, you have a name that you are alive. And before they even says, I know your works. So they were doing things. They had works. It says that you are alive, but you are dead. And then as he's warning them, he says, be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. So it's like he's saying, you're dead, but I'm still going to give you a chance. Strengthen the little moments that you didn't give up in yet. Start on those. Don't, 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 you know, you know, don't shoot for the, for the moon. You know, you're not going to get there. You're not an astronaut. Common sense, people. 
aim for, it's like, okay, you failed in all these things. What can you be faithful to God in? Just pick something small. Just start there. Be faithful in that. Okay, you got this. Take something else on. Take something else on. Take somebody else on. Do something. You know, strengthen what you have. Strengthen the things which remain. And, and even those things, he says, that are ready to die. So he's saying if you don't strengthen them, if you don't change them, they're going to die as well, and then you have no chance. He's saying you still have a chance. Not everything is dead. You have a reputation for being alive. You're doing a lot of things, and you're dead, but you still have a chance. There's still something you can, you can grab onto. You can, you can still repent. You can still, you can still humble yourself before me, and I'll, and I'll accept you. I'll, I'll bring you back, and, and we'll continue to work. But strengthen those things. Don't, don't just leave them the way they are. And then the next church, in, in, in verse 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. These things says he who is holy and he who is true. He who has the key of David and he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. It's the same thing. I know your works. And then he says, see, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name. He says, you have kept my work and not denied my name. And because of that, they have that door that nobody can shut. Because they stayed faithful to God, they kept His words, they kept His commands. Because, because of that faithfulness, God was able to open a door in front of them that they were able to serve Him through, and nobody could close it. Nobody could shut it. Because when God opens the door, nobody can shut it. That's what we need in our lives. That's what we need in our youth. And, and, and we're faithful and, and, and we'll stay faithful in, in, in our prayers, in, 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 our, in our services, in, our, in the messages that we preach, and in, in the worship. We'll stay faithful to God. Then, and, then, and that door is already opening. It's already slowly starting to open. We can almost fit through it. It's already starting to open and, and we just need to stay faithful. Stay faithful and, and, and it'll open and then we'll continue to do things that we never even imagined. Because that's what his word says. It says we'll, leave, we'll do even greater things than what Jesus said. Or than what Jesus did. It says we'll do even greater things. I don't, I don't even know what that is. But, but I know that because he is faithful, if his word says that, then I believe it. And same thing in our personal lives. If you want to see that, that breakthrough, if you're, if you're fighting something over and over and over again and you keep falling and, and you keep fighting, if you'll be faithful to God, if you'll continue to fight, if you'll continue to, to get up, to repent, to, to open up to someone, to keep running, that door will open for you as well. And it'll stay open. And, 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 and that's how people get set free from, from smoking. That's how people get set free from drugs. Because God opens that door, and that's it. Nobody can shut it again. And with that, let's just uh, stand up. And we'll just pray. And um, we'll just do what we always do. If you just uh, on your heart, if you feel like you want to come out to the front, then you can go ahead and do that. And, uh, and we'll pray. We'll all pray together. And, and we'll pray for you as well. Hallelujah, God.